immediately start off with yawn. That's a great start. <clears throat> is this your first time recording a podcast? <laughs> oh my god, this is your time. No, 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 no. Follow me on this. Follow me on this. Have you ever recorded a podcast before? Just answer the question. Obviously no. Okay, well I have. Seventh grade. No, eighth grade. Uh, honors English. We did a book report and did a podcast episode about it. Would you guess what book I had to do with a group of friends? This was in 2008 or 9. So what was popular at that time? You're obviously referring to award-winning Twilight. (laughs) Which one, though? (laughs) If you had to pick, I don't think Breaking Dawn was out. So one of the three, which one would you think I would have picked? Obviously New Moon. Of course. 100% (laughs) It had to be New Moon. So the only podcasting I have done in the history of my life is about Twilight series New Moon. Maybe the greatest literary novel of all time. Obviously. It's a great story to tell your kids in the future. It's a it's a great story and it's a great start. repeat no that's not right wait no, that is right. <laughs> that's right i did it right okay let's try it again because okay. hannah y- yeah you want you thought of the react didn't you yeah i thought of that all right welcome here we are this is a uh, research react repeat no you did it wrong this time <laughs> <laughs> come on this is research rank repeat Research Rank Repeat, a new podcast that we are creating to uh, share our opinions with you and then you can tell us how wrong we are. Like, absolutely roast us. That's what we're hoping for. Please roast us. We love a good debate. Yeah, so why are we here? (laughs) I don't know. Good question. (laughs) I mean, in case you're you're coming at this further down the road, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's the year 2020. Everything's gone to shit. And we're bored. And we wanted to watch movies, so we figured, why not make a podcast? Right. We have nothing to lose. Nothing to gain. (laughs) Really, it just stemmed out of boredom. Yes. And a strong desire to, at some point, have a podcast to my name. Correct. We just didn't have a, a category to do anything with. We also just didn't have the motivation. Right. And now that we literally can't do anything. Right. We figured we might as well. We should probably introduce ourselves. Because we literally have not introduced ourselves and no one knows who we are. That's true. Minus the couple family members who will stumble upon this at some point. That's right. Well, in the year 1995, Pixar released Toy Story. And in that same year, I entered the world as a baby. (laughs) So that's where we start. We start full circle. Yes. This is me introducing myself Literally. and also the topic at hand. There you go. <laughs> See what you did there. I was born the following year. Um, I'm not 100% sure there actually was not a Pixar movie that year. There wasn't. So 1996 be... was not the year for Pixar, but it nope. was the year for me. So we're sisters. Yes, we are. My name is Hannah. And I'm Alyssa. We are not twins. We this... don't have the same voice, but maybe you can't tell that. That's for you to figure out 
See, when we were testing the audio, we could hear a clear difference, but we've been told over and over again that we sound the exact same when we're speaking. Our mom has mistaken us for each other on the phone, so it's not a good sign. Yeah, it happens a lot. <laughs> happens quite a bit. People uh, get really confused. Yep. So, we'll see. If it sounds like there's one person talking to themselves, that's not the case, but maybe that's what you'll hear. Or maybe it is the case. Oh. Maybe this is that's just one a, That's a real twist. What if there really is just one of us? You'll never know. You'll never know. Who's real? That could just be a topic, a poll. Who's real? That's true. We'll, we'll post that later on. We'll post that later on. We'll, we'll think about, we'll think about posting Once that Once we later get some on. listeners. Yeah. When it's not just, like, two people we know telling us, uh, oh, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's almost like a pity. It's, it's almost like a pity listen. Because they have to. They're forced to. Right. Due to the relation. That's a terrible segue intro that we just did there. Describing ourselves. How long have you, would you say that we've been ranking things or tier I thought you were going to ask me how long would you say we've known each other. <laughs> I was going to say, well, probably since 1996. I, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if I knew you when you were born. That's true. Maybe a little later um, on. So we've always been fascinated with doing lists or doing Ga- making, making up, our up games. games about two years ago um i had just graduated college Alyssa was living on the different side of the state and so we thought we were both bored we were both correct Alyssa was living by herself i was I was living and... in a, a a terrible apartment that yes. i feared for my life and <laughs> every night every night and i was living with my parents great time so there's that so we figured we might as well do something to keep ourselves entertained. Um, and so we came up with an idea to take a category or a musician or a group of people, also known as a band. <laughs> or a musical group. Right. <laughs> the, for- the formal terms. Yes. <laughs> and come up with a ranking list. Yes. And then we thought it was just going to be a thing we did, you know, for a few months, mm-hmm. whatever. And we've successfully continued doing that for... I think we're over two years at this point. Yeah. And I mean, we've done probably... A lot of lists. 30? But anyways, we decided a couple weeks ago that we wanted to do a watch through of the Pixar movies. See, look at that. Coming full circle. There we go. We got full there eventually. S- we got there. So, going into this list, it was very interesting because we clearly have um, a long history with Pixar. Yes. It's been involved in our whole lives. You know, it's continued. They're... 22 full-length movies. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen all of them. Yes. At this point that yeah. we are recording. There's a couple I haven't seen, and then there's a couple I've only seen the one time in theaters. Right. Just to quickly go over how this is kind of going to work, we're going to discuss, obviously, the first part of the title is to research. Right. So we've been watching the Pixar movies. Taking notes. Coming up with interesting things we notice, or, you know, looking more into the history of the movies. Coming up with... Favorite characters, favorite lines from the movies, just kind of things that we maybe haven't noticed in the past. And then eventually we will do a ranking. Yes. Um, With this one, there's 22 Pixar movies. We are going to rank every single Pixar movie. Right. And due to the fact that there are 22 full-length movies that we need to cover, Mm -hmm. we will probably be splitting this up into multiple parts. Yeah. And then the final episode will be going through our ranking and just discussing how we felt you know, why we placed it where we did, 
going through. Then you can tell us how wrong we are. Yes. And uh, how our opinions are trash and uh, accepted. We will gladly accept any criticism and any disagreement. We have not gone over these movies with each other besides just little texts here and there. The only movie thus far we have watched together is Toy Story 3. Correct. Just to be clear, we anticipate with this podcast that we're not always going to be doing movies. No, that's true. Specifically, we just wanted to start with Pixar because it's something we're familiar with, Mm -hmm. but it's also something that we can approach from different angles, having seen things at different points in time. We also have ideas to do, you know, TV shows or music, different types of music that we haven't covered, possibly food or drink, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got ideas going so it won't just be if that's your concern being like are they only going to talk about movies no it's not the plan we've talked about doing different movie franchises yes stuff more outside of our comfort comfort zone zone. which i think you know we liked we like to start it with something we're familiar with just because this is our first podcast and we wanted it to kind of get the structure down before we start going out crazy and do something we're more familiar with so let's let's start out with pixar let's get into pixar let's start out with pixar okay so we're going to 1986 1986 um and this is when steve jobs purchased a computer division from george lucas correct who if you don't know is the star wars creator of star wars right but anyways so at this time the company had 40 employees which is pretty small, very small company, obviously. So I mean, you start out. That's in 1986. This is when it Pixar was kind of formed. Yes, and you forgot to mention that it was purchased by Steve Jobs. I just said that. <laughs> you were talking about George Lucas. No, I said Steve Jobs oh. purchased from George oh, Lucas. But for people who don't know, who might not know who Steve oh, Jobs okay, is, yes. Steve Jobs is the creator. Or I'm sorry, he's since passed, but was the creator of Apple. Yes, one of the. The one of the creators of Apple. When you look at it, Pixar, I feel like was meant to be a huge, a huge company, a huge thing. It is, because it started under George Lucas, who in the 80s, Star Wars was a huge name. It was the biggest thing out there. It was huge. And then it was bought by someone who owned a massive entertainment and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, media company. And would go on to become one of the biggest corporations out there correct i mean at the time at the time it wasn't like apple was a huge thing right apple was just starting but at that point it's you see how much it grown yes i mean there's a new iphone coming out every six months skyrocketed in popularity so in 1991 disney and pixar had announced an agreement to make one computer generated animated movie yes um so their goal was just to make one movie correct just one i mean talk about a low bar Talk about a low bar and talk about how they were creating the first computer-generated movie in history, as that had not been done yet. Most companies were doing hand-drawn animation, Mm -hmm. and they might add some CGI elements. Right, but not all computer-based. You could see that as early as, I believe, I could be wrong, you can fact-check me. She probably is wrong. I'm probably wrong. I believe the first movie that used CGI was The Great Mouse Detective. Okay. Walt Disney's Great Mouse Detective that was released in the 80s. Okay. I could be wrong, but I know at least in the clock tower scene, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. I, uh, no, no. There's a clock tower scene and they use CGI. So this would this first movie they made would be the first movie considered fully computer generated. Correct. And it ended up becoming Toy Story. Iconic. 1995. An, an iconic first movie yeah. to put out. 
And I mean, if you think about it, your first movie as this new company... It defines you. You have to have something. You can't start out with Cars 2. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go right we're gonna into that. We're going to get into Cars 2. We're going to go right into Cars 2, aren't we? But All right. we're not going to talk about it yet. But obviously you have to pick a movie that's going to... That's what you're going to be known for. Right. If your first movie doesn't do well, then the company's just doomed. You if, know what I mean? If your first movie's not Snow White, you're doomed. Right. Yeah. So yes. just to point that out, it technically was not the first movie they had made. They had made some shorts and some movies that were not released in theaters. Right. But that was the first movie they released into theaters. Yes. Um, and I would I would say it was it was a hit. I would say so. It I came out so. in um, November twenty second, two uh, nineteen ninety five. That's when it was released in theaters. And in that weekend, it opened. It opened up as the number one movie. Correct. Um, and it also goes on to become the so, it's actually the second highest grossing film of the year. Second highest grossing film of 1995. Well, me, yeah. can I guess? Yes. Shoot. I I think Titanic came out in 96. It was the beginning of a movie uh, franchise. Beginning of a movie franchise that came out in 95. Mm. No, that's too old. That's too You know, old. it wasn't the beginning. It wasn't the first movie of the franchise. Oh, It was God. in a movie franchise. Okay, that doesn't help me. It was any, was it a Batman? No. Okay. You gotta give me a hint here. Otherwise, I'm gonna be sitting here Think for... of Severus Snape. Think of Severus Snape. What? Oh, was it Die Hard? Yeah, it was Die Hard with a Vengeance. Okay. Um, so, it was... That was $366 million grossing for that year. That's Worldwide. Fair. Understandable. Um, Toy Story came in at 364 That's so pretty crazy $2 million that your difference. first an full-length animated movie ever put out is the second highest grossing movie of the entire year. Right. That's pretty crazy to think about. And, I mean, it's not like... I mean... Yeah, because what, uh, what Disney movie came out that year? Was that... Or was there not one? Because po- Lion King was 94. Mm-hmm. Was it Pocahontas? Let me, let me just that, double check. Was that 95? Okay, so 95. Goofy movie. Okay, to be fair though, that's not... That wasn't... Was not an, a Disney theatrical yes, that's release. But Goofy still movie, I mean, to be fair, the Goofy movie. Iconic, great movie. Love right. Powerline. Does not count <laughs> in this regard as I believe it but was But it just, was, it was Pocahontas. It was Pocahontas. Yes, okay. And that was in June. That was in the summer. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it, it is crazy, though, that, that they had so much success right off the bat. That Yeah, they just blew it out of the water. And also, to follow up, Toy Story ends up becoming nominated for an Oscar for screenwriting. Correct. Um, and it becomes the first time that animated film has become nominated for that category. Yes. At this time, uh, we should note that there was no category for best animated feature. Right. And at this point in time, there had only been one animated movie that had ever been nominated for Best Movie. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, belongs to the the Great Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Also an amazing movie. Correct. And then, actually, two Pixar films would later go on to be nominated. We'll get to those yeah. at a later point in time, yeah. but they will be coming. But, I mean, you talk about success in your first movie. Yes. You release a movie, becomes a huge smash hit in the box office. Right. And then to follow it up, you get recognized by the Oscars. Right. And it's the first time an animated film has been nominated. Correct. So then you, you fast forward two more years in 1997, and Pixar and Disney make an agreement to produce five movies in the next ten years. We can either, we can cover this a little more when we get to Toy Story 2, but basically there was a disagreement on whether or not Toy Story 2 would count as one of their 
picture deals. Right. Because it was a sequel and initially was going to be a home to movie. Yeah, uh, it was home supposed to, to come video. out on DVD, Right, basically. it wasn't supposed, or it would have been VHS, VHS at that time. <laughs> right. You forget, Hannah. Forget that. We had to have VHSs in the 90s. That is true. Did not have DVDs. Um, uh, just to go, to back up a little bit, pre-Toy Story, what happened was a bunch of the people who worked for Pixar, um, the big names, John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, Peter, Pete Doctor, Joe Rant, Rantf, Rant, Rantft. Ramped. Ramped. I butchered the name. Just <laughs> uh, just it. know that I cannot pronounce words yes. or speak properly. Uh, but basically, so they sit down and they have a lunch in 1994 and they ha- were working on Toy Story, you know, had already mm-hmm. it been in development, you know, they've already been working on it. They're just, you know, trying to finish it up. Right. And they sat down and they thought, let's think of different ideas to make for movies. Right. So in one lunch meeting, they came up with the ideas for A Bug's Life, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo and Wally in one singular meeting. I mean, that's meeting. crazy. That's crazy that all of those movies came out within a span of ten years. Just for a record, it took us about two weeks to come up with a podcast name. Two weeks. And in one lunch meeting, they came up with ideas for four movies. Yes. You take a bunch of creative people and throw them in a room. Oh, you're gonna get great stuff. And you're gonna get great ideas. So before Disney buys Pixar. Steve Jobs and the CEO of Disney, Michael Eisner, were having disagreements over negotiations between how much, you know, merchandising, you right. know, how, what the rights would be. And who gets the percent of cut from the movies and from all the, the money that they make, obviously. Correct. So we get to the point where the CEO of Disney leaves in 2005. Between 1995 to 2006, Disney and Pixar had a partnership Yes. So Disney did not own Pixar no. at that time. They basically had distribution rights. Right. So they worked together. That was in 2006 when they ended up coming to an agreement. Yes. And they just bought them so that way they then owned that yeah. property. So it was between 2004 and 2006 that Pixar was looking to go in a different direction. Yes. And it actually probably ended up being a good thing. I think so. In Creatively, the I think it probably gave them a little bit of time to... To figure out things on their own without right. having another company's input right. or kind of control. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously Disney was already a huge established oh. company at this and time. And they were huge right. at that time as well. Yeah. Between the 2004 and 2006, um, Ratatouille, Wally, and Up were all movies that were kind of created during that time period. Yes. Disney does end up purchasing Pixar. Um, and they have owned them ever since. Right. They get to an agreement... You know, and they're able to figure out a way to, to make it work for both of them. We mentioned they've produced 22 feature films, and 15 of those are on the 50 highest grossing animated film list of all time. The studio itself has earned 20 Academy Awards, 8 Golden Globe Awards, and 11 Grammy Awards. Yes, Obviously, I... there's been a lot of nominations as well. Of course. They've had 10 of their movies win Best Animated right. Feature. So you talk about... Having that much success yes, off of 22 movies. Right. Which doesn't seem like a lot when you think about it. In the in the long run, right. yes, for but a movie also you studio. Have to, this is since 1995, so that's been 25 years. Yes, correct. So 22 movies in 25 years. And to still be able to produce good quality movies. For the most part. For the most part. We'll get into that later. <laughs> we, we'll get there. We have some we opinions. We will get but, there. But for the most part, to be able to produce good quality films... 
that's the thing that's always amazed me about Disney and Pixar is that they're able to put out movies every year, every two years. Right. And still make good quality things. Right. They have a little time. Right. They have a good team. A production team, yeah. They have a great production Mm -hmm. team. They have, for example, one of the screenwriters for Toy Story was Joss Whedon. Yes. Who directed The Avengers, who worked on many Marvel movies, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel. He's right. done tons and tons of things. Right. But they brought in a lot of people collaboratively to to direct, mm-hmm. to uh, write, you know, music. And they've had a lot of the same team of people. Correct. Um, so they have had a lot of directors and stuff like that who have done multiple movies. They've also had, we'll get into it, they've had a lot of, like, voice actors and actresses. Oh, who, recurring. Who have been in a lot yeah. of the movies. I mean, there's one in particular who's been in every single one. But yeah, so that's just a, a, a more, not as brief as we <laughs> had planned on, but a general overview of Pixar as a company. Right. And there's so much more we could yeah. cover. But again, we've got more to talk about. We're going to start with the first feature film, The Incredible Toy Story. I thought you were going to say The Incredibles, and I was like, no, we're a little bit... <laughs> the, not The Incredibles. Not we The got, Incredibles. We got a couple to go. Toy Story. I just peaked hard there. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, not um, the first movie. So Toy Story, which was 1995. Toy Story was released in 1995. It is rated G, as majority of the movies that we will mm-hmm. be covering are, and it has a runtime of an hour and 22 minutes. Yep. And Do like you... we said, it was uh, box office worldwide, $364 million. It was nominated, you have said, for original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Also, currently has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic rating of 95 out of 100, and mm-hmm. a cinema score of A. Right. And we also just got like a little snippet, a little brief summary of the movies. All these descriptions I'm getting are from Disney Plus's website. Yes. Um, just to recap, in case people haven't seen these movies, just a little intro to them. Um, so, Toy Story. It's Welcome to the Astonishing World, where toys play while their owners are away. Meet Woody, Buzz, and all their friends in an adventure filled with humor, heart, and friendship. Like we've said, obviously, Toy Story maybe had arguably the biggest... I'm trying to say this. The movie that had the most to lose. Yes. Because if Toy Story wasn't such the success and such the hit it was, right? Pixar, I don't know, would have been what it is today. It's also interesting to note the talent. We have yeah. two main characters who are voiced by Tom Hanks, who mm-hmm. is, I mean, and still is, you know, an exceptionally well-known right. actor. And uh, Tim Allen, who at that time was on Home Improvement. Yes. Among other things, you know, a comedian and both very well-known actors portraying yeah. these two roles. Yeah, which, I mean, even Which if you... at this point wasn't as common to see big name celebrities right. as voice actors. I mean, if you look at a lot of Disney stuff around that time, they didn't have people who necessarily were the biggest names. They pretty much, the start of that was Robin Williams. Right, as, was, as the genie in the land. Was one of the, the starts to... The time frame when they started to use big names to sell movies. Right. And so Pixar continues and will continue yeah. to have large names in their movies. So it's just, it's crazy that for their first movie, mm-hmm. or, you know, first theatrical released movie, they could land such They huge were able names. to get such big able names. Able to get such big names. Right. Um, so I think we're going to start out just our initial first thought. Yes, we, um, what we are going to do for the the beginning of the movie is we're going to start with the first thing we wrote down. Mm-hmm. 
What was our first thought? So mine is that Andy gives Molly Mr. Potato at the beginning, which is a giant choking hazard because Mr. <laughs> Potato Head has like a million pieces and Molly's probably like one and a half or two at the time. Probably. She's, not, ta- she's not talking yet. Um, and he leaves her in said room with a million pieces of Mr. Potato Head and runs away. Yeah, it's not smart on his part. No. His mom probably should have taught him better uh, safety in That's terms true. of his sister. Now, I took mine in a different direction, Um, and my first comment that I have written down is that You Got a Friend in Me, still great. Yeah. Still great song. And, you know, it's it's one of those songs when you hear it, you just, like, feel warm inside. Yes. You know what I mean? It just, like, hits. And I think it's fitting that they started out, that was the first song that Pixar had started out with. Yep. And it's... Arguably, like, arguably, one of the most well-known Pixar songs, I was going to say, it's arguably the most well-known Pixar right. song. Like, I feel like most people, even if you haven't seen a lot of Pixar movies, you would hear that song and you would know at least right. some of the words. I was going to say, because not every Pixar movie has songs. No. It's not necessarily like Disney, where it's right. very song-based. It's not like a, a musical. Right. So, with Toy Story, I just think the first thing I thought of was, like, when you watched it as a kid, you genuinely thought your toys came alive. Yes. I think every kid did. I think everyone wanted to believe Which is that somewhat toys... of a horrifying thought, but yeah. also comforting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is in a way, and it's also not once you get to, like, Toy Story 3. Right. We'll get there, but in a way, it's kind of, it's sad. It, it is. It, it is when you think about it, but also, like, I think there's something so heartwarming about Thinking about, you know, kids thinking that their toys had feelings. Right, and their toys are a, part of their, are a part of their lives. Right. The graphics are a little hard mm. to watch in terms of knowing how much better they'll get. How much they progress. Because but, some of the faces, yeah, the faces are terrifying. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, I did a little research. Okay. With Toy Story, Woody originally was supposed to be a ventriloquist dummy. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Which you can sense. kind of see a little bit of the details of that. Also, my God, that would have been a horrifying movie. Absolutely if Woody terrifying. Had become, that's the said the reason that they changed their mind was because ventriloquist dummies are kind of known as being like horror movie characters. Yeah, you ever read the, goose, the Goosebumps book? Right. Yeah. So I think we're all happy that Pixar did not do that. Great did choice. Did not go that way, but maybe that's why. They kept a little bit of I would character. imagine. But yeah, so the graphics, they're not as bad as they could be. Because yeah. let's talk about, you want to talk about bad CGI, let's let's look at Scooby-Doo, the live action yes. movie. Yes. I, <laughs> it is hard to watch those monsters. That CGI is not good. So it's not terrible. You can see the limitations. Yeah. There but are you areas. Can also, I think you can see the potential. There are clearly limitations that they had to work with because the technology wasn't there yet. Right, right, of course. And one of the things I did notice, so we, I've been trying to look for, like, if there's certain Easter eggs I notice. Um, obviously, with Toy Story being the first Pixar movie, they didn't have any Pixar-specific Easter eggs. Right. But I did notice during a scene in the, they're driving in the car, they're listening to Kahukunu Matata. Oh, yes. Which is Lion King, obviously yes. Disney. Later on in different Pixar movies, you'll see, like, Pixar-specific Easter eggs. But this is one where, obviously, they had nothing to work off of there. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have, like, a ton of notes for Toy Story mm-hmm. in the, just because, at least for us, it's such a, a well, a movie we're so familiar with. Right. That's one of the things I wrote, I said, because it's hard for me 
to take notes because I literally know everything about right. this movie, just the a volume and the amount of times I've seen it over the years. The only really notable things I had was that in Sid's room, the oh my god, baby spider doll used to give me nightmares all the time. Direct quote from me, God, the creepy baby mm-hmm. spider is still terrifying. Yep. And um, the other thing I noticed is, which I go back to how toys being alive thing can be kind of creepy. There's a scene where Woody's watching Andy sleep. And all I can think of is Edward watching Bella sleep in Twilight. Oh my god. So, hey, look, full circle. See, back to Twilight. Back to Twilight now. Alyssa's first podcast. My first podcast. Go check it out. <laughs> uh, I don't think it exists okay. anymore. I don't think you can find it. With Toy Story, it's it's just like a heartwarming film. It's heartwarming, but I will say the only thing I noticed in retrospect watching it as an adult, Woody is a huge asshole. He is. He is a humongous he asshole. Is. He gets he, tra- ups- he gets so jealous of Buzz mm-hmm. that he's willing to literally throw him out the window. I mean, he tries to straight up murder Buzz. He tries to murder him. And, I mean, he makes up for it at the end because he he's he gets Buzz back to the moving truck. He also, comes around. the scene with the moving truck, the dog, there was a dog chasing the moving truck, and yes. it's keeping up with it. And I was okay. like, I don't know if I believe that. So I did some research. Most dogs can run 15 to 20 miles per hour. Unless you're a greyhound. Yes. They were on a residential street, so if they're driving 20 miles per hour, 25, I could maybe see that. But it's also a kids' movie, so you gotta have some imagination. I mean, the other thing you have to keep in mind is that the the toys ran to catch up with the truck. Right. So you have to. That's keep... also inaccurate. There's a lot of things. There's about a lot of inaccuracy. Yeah, there you are... gotta you gotta be imaginative with. There the kid. are a lot of things about um, this movie that I can suspend my disbelief. Yeah. Uh, in terms of physics and logic, right. I I will say that I for the most part I like the use of the songs mm-hmm. in the movie, with the exception of go sailing or i won't go sailing oh yeah i didn't look up the title i just wrote down what i thought it was but i just think that kind of made the scene worse for me yeah i think a lot of times especially with pixar what i've noticed is the music really does add to the scenes it adds to the emotion the musical score does but that was just like that just didn't need to happen i think the lyrics just i wasn't i wasn't buying right Because it's like this emo- it's the emotional turning point for Buzz, where he realizes he's a toy. He right. just saw the commercial for Buzz Lightyear on yeah. TV. He's basically like, "I who am I? It's kind of a sad realization moment that he's not who he thought he was. Right. And he's suddenly lost because he's gone his whole time thinking he's this certain person. And yes. then now he's like, well, I don't know who I am if I'm not this. And I just, like, I don't know. Something about the way the song was used or maybe the lyrics or maybe it's Randy Newman. I don't know. But I yeah. just was, like, watching it and I'm like, nah. Yeah. I could go without this. But yeah. um, I guess we'll go into who your favorite character was. So for this movie, my favorite character was Buzz Lightyear. Okay. I agree with you. I do have a little shout out to Rex. I the love dinosaur Rex. Because I feel like I can relate to him. He's yeah. just, I, I just love his positivity all the time, and he just got some good moments. Buzz is definitely, he's got, like, the character development this yes. movie, where he goes from being... He's, he's naive, you know? Right, he's, he doesn't understand yeah. that he's not this, like, great... Bounty hunter He kind of goes through this realization, but at the end he realizes that, you know, he's okay with who he is. Right. And he's, like, loved by a kid and all that, and Woody's just the absolute worst. There is one thing I want to mention. Okay. 
I noticed that up to the point we've watched, pretty much every Pixar movie has a chase scene. Okay. Almost every single one, and for a good portion, they always happened in the climax and the finale. Right. So with this one being where they're on the um, remote control car. Yes. Where first they are chasing the moving truck. Right. And then, then they are being t- chased by, by the, the dog. dog. Yes. So in kind of a, a double chase. A double chase, yes. But yeah, there, there is that chase scene. I think it... Obviously, it adds, like, a level of action and excitement. Yeah, but it is it is a trend that I noticed. Okay. Do you have a favorite quote or favorite scene? I do. I will start with my favorite scene. Okay. My favorite scene from the movie is the chase. Okay. I just think for for that movie, it was such a good climax. Because right. you lead into that from the heist scene. You know, Woody working with the toys to save Buzz. That scene is so cool because this whole movie, Buzz is like, you can't fly. He can't, he's being told he can't fly and it's, what is he, like, I, I'm not flying, I'm falling with style. Uh, well, if you let me tell okay. my favorite quote, okay. uh, my favorite quote from this movie leading into that where you get to this point where they are flying through the air and Woody is like, Buzz, you're flying. And he responds, this isn't flying, it's falling with style. Right. Um, so I have a different favorite scene. Okay. And it's been my favorite scene since I watched it when I was a kid. Okay. Um, specifically the scene where they get left at the gas station. Okay. And they are fighting. It's when the Pizza Planet truck shows up. Of course. And it leads into where they go to the Pizza Planet. Yes. And my note, (laughs) as watching this as an adult, I was like, Pizza Planet is what Chuck E. Cheese wanted to be so badly. But never was. I just always love the gas station scene where they're fighting. It's a great scene. Um... For some reason, it's just always been so, like, it just brings me, like, a feeling of, like, nostalgia watching it. And I always love that. And I love the scene where they get into the car and, like, Buzz, like, does a seatbelt. Because safety first. <laughs> yes. Does your quote happen to line up with that scene? So, actually, it did not. The uh, One of the other quotes I was considering was the, you're a sad, strange little man yeah. and you have my pity. You know, and I, I thought about that. But yeah, I thought actually, about that. Actually, one of my, the favorite quote was one that I don't think I've ever recognized before or realized okay. before. Okay. It is at the beginning of the movie when they first meet Buzz. Okay. He goes on this really long speech saying, like, I'm Buzz Lightyear, yeah, like, blah, Star blah, blah, giving his whole, yeah. like, credentials, where he's right. from. And Rex goes, oh, I'm from Mattel. <laughs> and it's, like, obviously Mattel's the, the toy company. Yes, the toy company. But as, like, a kid, I, like, never really picked up on that. As an adult, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually, like, um, it's a lot of those jokes you, like, those little smartly written quick little lines that you don't really appreciate as a kid the thing with toy story is i had trouble deciding on a quote because there are so many things because everyone has one at the beginning they're revealing the gifts and the toy toy soldiers are telling like oh this is what they got right and they go oh it's bed sheets mr potato head's like who invited that kid yeah i like just a lot of of really smart quick witted lines that you you appreciate a lot i was gonna say the other one i really like is when Woody gets put in the chest and then the shark has his hat on. And he's like, I'm Woody. Howdy, oh, yeah. howdy, howdy. Yeah. Just some really good lines. There's just some good quips And in I think there. out of every movie we watched so far, this might have been the one where I had the most lines potentially written down. I, I had a lot of lines yeah. written down. I think it was the hardest with Toy Story. Yeah. Because of, of just the history we yeah. have with and it. And the familiarity. Like, I don't have a memory that doesn't include right. Toy Story. And we had a Toy Story computer game. I'll get to that. Okay. Because I have some tidbit of information okay. 
yeah, we'll get we, to that later. we had games, we had books, yeah. we had toys, we yeah. had the movie, you know, we eventually would go see yeah. Toy Story 2 in theaters. And and I did read that Toy Story, actually, before the movie came out, they had a really hard time finding a company to sell toys, to have oh, uh, distribute and produce toys, which is crazy if you think about it, because Toy Story became such a huge thing. And marketing alone. Right, but I read, like, a couple months before the movie, they were trying to find a distributor and a couple places turned them down. I'm hmm. like, can you imagine those places now being like, wow. Being like, we <laughs> I bet up. those people are fired who made those decisions. I'm sure they were. And <laughs> with that, let us move on to our second movie, mm-hmm. which is A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life was released three years later mm-hmm. in 1998. It is also rated G. Yep. What a surprise. <laughs> And the runtime has gone up from an hour and 22 minutes to an hour and 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this one, uh, worldwide box office, was $363 million, which is only a million less than Toy Story ended up making. Which is still a great amount of money. So pretty much they, you know, they were exactly on par with their first movie. And you know what, Hannah? We contributed to that box yes, office we number. We did we see it in theaters. went and saw it. Uh, in addition to that, A Bug's Life currently has a 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, okay. still in the A range. Metacritic, though, has it listed as a 77 out of 100, okay. which is a high drop from 95, right. and it is a cinematic score of A as well. Just a quick summary of Bug's Life. Embarking on an incredible journey with one little ant, searching for a band of warriors to help him battle the bullying grasshoppers who threaten his home. <laughs> so, first thoughts... Bug's Life is, uh, draws inspiration, um, from Seven Samurai. Okay. I don't know if that is a movie you are familiar with. I'm vaguely familiar with that. It is a movie from 1954, um, in Japan that focuses on a man who goes to find Seven Samurai to protect his village from bandits. Okay. So So it's sort of like how, um, Lion King is based off of Hamlet. Correct. Like, it kind of takes from... Draws inspiration. Right. Okay. Yes. That's interesting. I did not so know So I that. just... Uh, that was something I learned today, actually, when I was looking it up. Mm-hmm. Now, let us get into what you want to address. Okay. So we we both have the first same first note, and I think it's something we need to bring up. Because yes. as a kid, the grasshopper used to always freak me out. Absolutely terrifying. Um, Hopper was a, as a child, a terrifying villain. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Hopper was voiced by Kevin Spacey. Yes. Which, if you don't know about Kevin Spacey... Look it up. Just look him up. When I realized it was Kevin Spacey, I was like, oh, it makes sense that I was so freaked out. <laughs> I mean, he does He does play a villain yeah. very well. It's fitting. It's fitting. You That was your same first note. I'm that assuming. was my first note okay. as well. It was basically me being like, I'm going to try to ignore that he is the role of Hopper right. as the person and just focus on on the character. And on not, the story and everything not the, like that. Yes, exactly. um, So one thing I wanted to note was that... It's been probably 10 years, around 10 years, since I've seen this movie all the way through. It's been several years for me as yeah. well. So I was curious to see how I would remember, or how I would view the movie now as an adult, based on how I remembered it as a kid. I will say I didn't, when I watched it, I remembered specific scenes, I remembered certain plots, I remembered basically the whole story, but there were a lot of things that I didn't catch on as a kid. There was a lot of dialogue yeah. that I had no memory of. Right. There was a line where Flick was like, oh, it's B-Y-O-B. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, okay. (laughs) I was like, that's great. I was like, oh, I never would have picked up as that on a kid, but. I will say something that's interesting that I noticed is I think because this movie has a much larger scope, Mm -hmm. Toy Story is very much focused like in a room or a specific environment 
Whereas Bugs Life, it's it's very much like the environment. Yeah. It's big scene backgrounds, and I think that almost makes the animation look worse. Yeah, I would because agree. Because it's such a large landscape. When, you know, when we get to movies like Up or Wally, it's yeah, it's clear as day. Well, how much they How much they are able to and improve. And how much they've evolved. But yeah, I would agree with that. The animation to me was, was worse than Toy Story. But I will say... They definitely improved on lighting. Yeah. There are some specific scenes where I'm like, oh, they definitely are doing much better with the yeah. way they're lighting the movies. I also think the, um, I really did enjoy the environmental nature, like, aspects. Oh, like, the yes. scene where it's raining, and it's like, that's how, the raindrops are huge, you know. Right. For a ant, for a bug, like, they're huge. So I did enjoy that aspect. I really love how they able are able to use, and it's something that I remember loving when I was a kid, is the way they're able to use the environment and make it work for them. Right. You know, using a dandelion seed to fly across right. a cliff or, you know, using animal cracker box mm-hmm. as a uh, traveling right. circus, you know. The scene where he goes to, like, the city. Right. It, it, it's, like, basically, like, boxes. Like, it's crazy how they're able to use items like, the scale of things, right. you know, because for an ant, obviously, it, it's going to be a lot larger. It's just, to and me, was, that was really interesting. I was going to say, they did that to an extent with right. Toy Story, and they'll do that more in Toy Story 2. Yeah. But I noticed that they did it all, like, it was very creative in the way they used things. Yeah. But yeah, going back to the, the environment, I think the best looking place is the inside the ant hill. Yeah, I would The agree. way they lit that, yeah. it, I was like, that is so cool. It's very, like blue and yeah, yellow. Yeah, it's like calming, and... but it's also just like really cool how they were able right. to do that. The the movie surprised me how many, um, I don't know if you want to consider like adult themes, but how many like really... Like thematic elements? Yeah, like there was like a lot serious of... There was a lot elements. of really like moral, like yeah. moral of the story kind of things that I, I never would have noticed as a kid. But I mean, if you think about it, like there's multiple lines to it that kind of reference this. The movie really is about an oppressed group. Oh, of course. Standing up to a... Oppressor. Yeah, a superior group, the grasshoppers. Yes. And even though the ants outnumber the grasshoppers, they're not able or not too scared to fight back, I guess, because they've never done it before. But there's multiple lines where they'll say, like, Oh, all they need to do, they far outnumber us, all they need to do is learn that they could stand up and fight back, and then we're, like, basically screwed. Like the scene in the bar. There's a line where he says, it's not about food, it's about keeping the ants in line. Right. It's about the control. And he also says, ideas are a very dangerous thing. Yes. Mm. So, definitely there's a lot of moral issues, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, like, starvation. And there's also the characters who are kind of internally, like, there's Flick, who's always kind of been the screw-up. Not used to being the person who, like, is, like, the hero. And it's also interesting to note that, again, we kind of get a character who starts off as an asshole. Yeah. He's Flick. very self-centered. He only, thinks about, he only thinks about himself yeah. and his gains and the way his he'll be perceived. Right. If we're being honest, he's doing it to get a girl. I Well, eventually, yes, yes. He is doing it to get a girl. But poor Princess Ad is just trying to learn mm-hmm. how to be a ruler. And right. It has to deal with all of his shit as well. Yeah. There's a group of uh, the bugs from the circus. Yes. Um, Colorful characters. Yeah, which I would argue, like, some of the best side characters in a in a Pixar movie. Yes. I will say an issue I have with the movie is that I think they spread too thin. Yeah. Because clearly 
Finding Nemo is a movie that has a wide cast of characters, yeah. but they're able to make everyone individual yeah. and interesting. Think... And while there are characters, side characters that I think are interesting in A Bug's Life, I think there's just too many that I don't care about. Well, they about. don't they don't give them enough time to really develop. Right. I think if they had maybe done a couple less or just got, gotten more development with the characters, it could have really had potential to be a really good group. But I think in, in terms of like a comedic effect, like they, they work out for that. And also, like, I think the idea of them, they just so desperately want to be validated yes, they and want, want to, be validated. to be appreciated that they're right. literally willing to risk their lives just to get that. They just wanted to be, like, appreciated for what they did. And I will say it's interesting that comparing casts between those two movies, three of those characters from the circus are in the tank in a Finding Nemo. Right. And this is one, okay, so I'm going to bring this up now because we alluded to characters who tend to be in a lot of Pixar movies. There's a actor who has been in every single Pixar movie every to date. Movie. John Ratzenberger, mm-hmm. famously known for his role as Cliff Clavin in Cheers, okay. uh, the mailman. And in Toy Story, we didn't mention, he plays Ham. Mm-hmm. And in, in A Bug's, Bug's Life, Life, he's P.T. Flea. P.T. Flea. Also, I wanted to point out that Bonnie Hunt, who... <laughs> Famously known for Chuvera the Dozen. <laughs> Among many other things. But, but the best movie. She in this movie plays the spider. And it may be the only time I've never been afraid of a spider. She's a very interesting spider. Yeah. I think she's one of the side characters that does get a little bit more time. I will say I think there are so many characters that they don't get enough time to work. Where Bug's life kind of fell where toy story thrived is in the in that middle part where you really have to find a way to make a movie compelling with not doing a lot you have to let the story kind of drive the movie and i think bug's life maybe because there is so many characters they have a hard time finding a way to keep driving the movie right so my favorite character was the queen the old queen the old queen okay my favorite character is princess ada okay the reason I picked the queen is she just, she has some really good one-liners. She She's very good at her job. She knows what she's talking about. She's obviously been successful. And Princess Ada, like, wouldn't be who she was had it not been for, you know, the queen, her mom. Right. Being in charge and giving her that example. I will say it's nice because where we're at in Pixar, we still don't have a lead female no. character. But to see, like, a whole family in power it's of all, all females. It's you know, you've got, you've got the queen, you've got Ada, and, and you've Dot. got Dot. And yeah. it's it's nice to at least see that female And it's, it's nice because, I mean, that was in 1998. And exactly. let's be honest, it's not always been a focus of movies. And we also haven't progressed that far. Right. In 10, right. 20 There's still a lot, a lot that could be done. But it, yeah. it's nice to see. It's nice for kids, I think, to see. Yeah. I do have issues with some... With some Pixar films. Oh, and, I do as well. In the way I think that they tend to misuse or they don't always give the appropriate... Yeah, I would agree. Like, time to female characters. Yeah, or, I, or the... Yeah, they don't give right. them a role that's... Or they don't give them a lot to work with sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think to... That they, they were able to show strong female characters who were in charge is, is a good thing. 
Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, Princess added the same way, like, she clearly really looks up to right. her mom, and her mom is great, and yeah. she's just trying to get to that place where she can do that, because in the beginning, she's unsure of yeah. herself, she's struggling, she's just, she wants to be good. But, but she's she, new, you know, she's, she's new, she's learning the ropes. Yeah, and you get to see her, over the course of the movie, find her, like, power, and find yes, her, find her, um, confidence. her voice, and, yeah. and how she... She wants to be a leader, but she doesn't want to be the same as her mom. She right. wants to she find wants her to... own way to be a leader. Yeah. Yeah. She's got to go her own way. Right. <laughs> got to go my own way. Exactly. This is not High School Musical. Maybe we'll do that in the future. Maybe. <laughs> did you have a favorite scene? Both of my scenes are very short. Okay. So I kind of did two scenes. Okay. I kind of have two as well. So I was trying to pick which one because I feel like they did the grasshopper entrances very well Mm -hmm. because they made them very intimidating and i decided to go with the one where they come out of the fog okay right at the end you know they just basically just walk out the music's very minimal you know it's very quiet and Mm -hmm. they just appear and the other thing is i love the children's play okay that's see that's my that was mine i adore the child's play there's i think there's it's such a short scene but that's if they had done that kind of humor the entire movie it would have been so great it's so violent in the um reactions the facial expressions of like the the circus bugs just watching it's gold um, there's also a line where the kids say, I don't know if it was exactly during the the play, it was like right before, they drew the bugs fighting the grasshoppers, and one of the kids goes, we drew one of you dying because our teacher said it would be more dramatic. Yes. And it's just like that whole scene is done so well, they don't have any speaking, it's all like played to music. Right. It's, it's just, it's so like comedic gold, like it's so, it's so good. It's, I think that's the best comedic moment in yeah, the movie. I would agree. My other little, I don't know if it's like a line or if it's a scene, there's a part where, um, where, I think it's where Flick gets to the town, mm-hmm. and there's a porch, and, um. The light. A bug light. Yes. And, and he goes, there's like two flies, he's like, Harry, no, don't look into the light, and he's like, oh, but it's so beautiful, it. and yeah. basically like going to his death. Yes, to go into a fly. That's a scene I remember from a kid. Yeah. That I remember thinking was... Um, so that was kind of my other scene. So my quote in this one is, it's when, just to set the scene, it's when Dot is hiding in the clubhouse. Okay. And the grasshoppers are looking for her. I didn't write down the first part of the quote, but basically it's the part where they're talking about how they're going to squish the queen. Yeah. And, he, and then, so one of the grasshoppers, just the way it was delivered, then she's dead, they cry, boo-hoo, we go home, end of story. Right. Just the delivery the of delivery the delivery of it makes it. Yeah. So I have kind of two during, like, the circus show. One of the flies is watching and he goes, I only have 24 hours to live and I'm not going to spend it here. And then the other favorite line is uh, Bonnie Hunt's character, the spider. She's talking to someone. She goes, well, that's how my 12th husband died. So now I'm a widow, which is funny because she's a black widow. Yes. Like, obviously, the little humor there. For me, I didn't have as many, near as many lines as Toy Story. But there were some really good comedic moments. There were, I was going to say, it has moments that work and work well. I think there's just, there's some pacing issues. Yeah, I would agree. Any more thoughts on Bugs Life? Uh, That is all I have right now. And I would like to stretch because my ass is killing me. (laughs) Okay, let's take a break. I my bony ass can't handle this floor seat. We have returned. Are we ready to go to Toy Story 2? Yes, we are. Okay, so Toy Story 2 was released in 1999. It, again, was rated G, and the runtime was an hour and 32 minutes. Okay. Now, 
I would like to just talk a little bit about some background with Toy Story 2, okay. as this is the first animated feature that got a sequel. Right. What I think is interesting is Disney, at the time, in the 90s, was doing direct-to-video, direct-to-home video movies. Mm-hmm. Sequels such as Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure, yes. Lion King 2, Little Mermaid 2, The Aladdins. Mm-hmm. They were releasing them straight to home media right. with really terrible animation so they didn't have to spend that much money. Mm-hmm. And they were making bank. Right. They were making so much money. And so initially, Toy Story 2 was going to be one of those movies. But Pixar didn't want that. They right. wanted it to be a, a full-length feature film. But since all of their staff was working on A Bug's Life, Mm -hmm. what they did is they called Interactive Products Group. Okay. Had a staff in 95. They made computer games such as a Toy Story storybook, which we owned and played a lot of. Yes, a lot. And they also did the Toy Story Activity Center video game. And so basically what happened is that video game division was shut down because Mm -hmm. they technically were making animation for these computer and video games so they knew how to animate so they basically just said all right video games shut down you're now working on toy story 2 okay they didn't like the direction was going okay so they changed the story but the problem was their release date did not change so they had to push out a fully new movie in nine months okay (laughs) and i mean for for what the amount of time they had it turned out great Tragedy, tragedy, (laughs) (laughs) to be clear, this will be a recurring theme. I can't talk. speak. Tragedy would strike when one of the employees accidentally deleted the entire movie. Thankfully, due to one employee working from home after she had just given birth, they did have access to stored files, so they were able to recover the entire movie. Sweet. We have a female hero. We have a female hero. A woman you can respect. And I think it was a good idea. They decided to release it in theaters because it grossed $511 million worldwide. Just a lot of uh, money. Which is, the first one was $364 million for Toy Story. I definitely think that number had a lot to do with the success of the first movie. I'm sure a lot did. of people went and saw the second one. And similar to Toy Story, Toy Story 2 currently has 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It has a Metacritic score of 88 out of 100 and it has an A-plus cinema score rating. Okay. Little summary of Toy Story 2. Toys are back in town and ready for adventure. Reconnect with old friends and meet new ones in a movie that shows us what being a toy and a loyal friend is all about when the gang has to rescue one of their own. So my first note is that the logo is looking clean. Mm-hmm. Um, my first thing I noticed, and I believe this is a little bit of a shout out to George Lucas. A hundred percent. Was that the intro of this one was... A nod to Star Wars. The whole movie is a nod to it Star is. Wars. It is. There's a lot of lines. There's, I mean, there's obviously the line where Buzz is like, oh, I'm your father. Like, not his... <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, they they bought the company from George Lucas. Yes. At the beginning. Um, so this movie I really did see as a nod to George Lucas and to all of his work he did for Star Wars. They used lightsaber sound effects. Yep. They had Zerg breathing like Darth Vader. Yep. Yeah. Music thematically yeah. was very Star Wars. When they did the Darth Vader breathing noise, all I could think about was... We used to have a mask, a Darth Vader mask. We did have That would a, make that noise. Yes. And had a microphone inside. <laughs> also, one other thing I did notice, the Pixar opening sequence, what's that called? The, the lamp. The lamp, when he's yes. bouncing. Jumping and then, up and down. You know, makes the noise. 
It's just so iconic. It is. I equate it to when you see that you get excited as a kid compared to when you would see um, it's like Disney Lions. Channel would right. do their movies. Let's watch a yeah. Disney Channel <laughs> The kids movie. would come out with their fake markers and draw the, the Mickey Mouse ears. Um, I will say I really didn't remember that the opening sequence was a video game. I did not either. I also would like to point out the guy who does the voice of Zerg. Um, yes. His name is Andrew Stanton, and he was a writer for all four Toy Story movies. He also is the director of Finding Nemo. Yep, and he wrote on numerous Pixar films as well. So it's it's cool to see them using part of their creative staff as, like, the voices for people. And they will continue to do yes, that. Yes, they do. I don't remember... I didn't remember a lot of this movie. See, like, I remembered parts. I actually remembered almost all of the scenes, mm-hmm. but I the dialogue, I was like, I'm not familiar with most of this dialogue. Yeah. A Pixar Easter egg I noticed, there when they're in the Al's Toy Barn store, there's a shelf full of Bugs Life characters' toys on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I haven't brought this up yet, but are you familiar with the idea of a leitmotif? No. So basically what that is in in music is it's a musical cue that is a theme for a character or Mm -hmm. a place or a story. The best idea or example I can give is since we just watched Avatar recently, the Fire Nation like music that plays all the time. And I really liked the use of those themes in this movie. In a scene with Bullseye, I didn't say the exact scene, but they did a little music box like lay motif of that theme for Woody. Right. And I really liked that inclusion. Yeah. One of the things that I that I found interesting about this movie is the first Toy Story is pretty much all about Buzz. Yes. Figuring out that he's not as special as he thought he was. And this movie specifically is kind of all about Woody finding out that he's more he special. Is very special. Than he thought he was. Than he believed. In addition to that, the first movie, I thought Woody was a huge asshole. In mm-hmm. this movie, everyone else he's with is the asshole and he's not. Yeah. And he spends a lot of the movie risking himself in order to try and save other the other people. toys. And yes. even even at the end, the toys who have sort of wronged him, yes. he still goes out of his way to save them. Of course. I also noted that the show that Woody... So Woody finds out he's a character based from a TV show. Yes, Woody's Roundup. Yes. And in that it says that the movie... Or sorry, the show was on in 1957. So that pretty much means to me that the Woody doll would have had to have been hand-me-down. Yes. To Andy from, like, his mom. I believe or... it's it's probably from his mom. Right. Of his mom's We wife. don't know anything about It could Andy's be his dad, dad but... Right. That's the interesting thing that I didn't mention about the first Toy Story is... A single mom. A single mom, which is not always a common... At least it wasn't. I don't was feel like not it wasn't. Because they always had the perfect, like, nuclear family. family. Like, yes. the mom, dad, whatever. It's interesting how you never even get any sort of... Nothing. ...idea as to what happened to the dad. Because he's not... When you get to Toy Story 3 with the graduation photo, he's not yeah, in the photo. Yeah. There's no photos right. of him with and you his never, dad. And you never get any background on him. Yeah. Which I, I don't, I don't which mind is fine. that. Because I obviously they're minor characters. I was going to say, that doesn't detract yeah. from the story not but having But it is interesting to note that we never really hear anything about the dad ever. No. I will say, this is how you do a story following multiple groups that Bugs Life could not do. Okay. I think I'm going to have a disagreement with you here. Okay. I love Buzz and the the gang, mm-hmm. the, the guy gang, going out, you know. I feel like the Woody stuff could have been stronger. Mm-hmm. 
I was more having fun following Buzz and their yes. group and, you know, all this stuff with Barbie, you know, driving yeah. them around and the Buzz taking over Buzz. Yeah. I thought they did a better job of yeah. telling, like, an A and a B plot at the same time. Right. I would agree with you that they did a better job with the Bugs Life. I think my biggest issue with, with the two different storylines is I agree with you. I love the Buzz storyline. I love the group. I think the whole Woody, Jesse storyline, to me at times it got like boring like i was wanting to go back to buzz and see where they were at i would agree with that um i think that maybe that could have used a little bit more like i don't know humor to it or something it just for me at times it got really slow also there's a montage where jesse there's like a really sad song playing and jesse basically showing how she came to be where she was basically her owner grows up she becomes a teenager she basically just leaves her in a box in the middle of a road. Well, it's for a donation truck. Right. Yes. But that made me really mad. Not not mad in a sad way. Like, I just was like the whole entire time I was like, can this end? Although we have tried to not um, talk too much about our feelings, you did message yeah. me about this scene. I literally was like cringing the entire time. I hated it so much. And the song like just made me want to like throw up. So... And that's why I was in, I was very interested to come at this because that was my favorite scene of the movie. See, this is this is like interesting to do because how someone's least favorite scene can be someone else's. When favorite. you told me that you hated yeah. it, I was like, oh, this is gonna be I good. Think my problem is like, I just am sucked of all emotions. I like this scene because it'll become very apparent as we go along with Pixar, but Pixar is very good at telling a story with no words. Yes, I agree. They are very, and it just keeps getting better, but this is the first instance of where Jessie is showing us her backstory. We have the dialogue in the form of the song. I mean, did it have to be Sarah McLaughlin telling us about the animals we need to rescue? Right. Not necessarily. Right. But I think it does a good job of, of showcasing the journey that Jessie went through, why she feels the way she does. Yeah, I mean, I can I can definitely see that. I just think for me, I don't know if I was just in a bad mood that day. I don't know I mean, what it was, fair. but I literally was just sitting there like I like I don't I don't want this to keep going. I also wanted to talk about a little bit about a side character who I absolutely fell in love with. It was okay. not even in the... F- I don't know that they were in the first movie. They might have been in the first movie briefly in the background. Okay. Um, Wheezy the Penguin. See, I do not like See, Wheezy. To me, it was so sad because Wheezy basically was abandoned on the top shelf. Because his, his squeaker, his voice yes. box thing was broken. So the mom, instead of fixing it, basically hid him on the shelf where Andy couldn't find him. And that is why I can't get rid of anything. That's why I <laughs> think I have issues getting rid of things is because of that. Fair, but I will say I agree. I like that aspect of Wheezy, but here's where the problem comes about. Woody risks his life to save Wheezy. The movie ends, Wheezy said, oh, I got a new voice box and now I'm going to sing the theme. Right. And it's like, what in what happened? They they didn't um, do the character justice in the end. I agree. That's And that's I why think, I'm not a fan. Okay, I think it had a really, there was a really compelling story there because it, it what happens to the toys who are suddenly no longer usable. Right. Or not usable, but aren't, don't have their purpose anymore. Right. And it's interesting that you get a glimpse of, like, this is a character who's been abandoned for who knows how long, how they've been out there. Probably quite a while, because right. he was covered in dust. And so I, I liked that aspect. I forgot to mention, in Bug's Life, we see another end-of-the-movie chase sequence in right. the rain. 
we did mention the ring, but I oh, forgot, yes. I forgot yes. to brought that up. I got distracted with something else where Princess Ada and Flick are evading Hopper in the rain and he's chasing them right. down. In this movie, we again get another chase sequence. Yes. Where the toys are chasing Jesse. That ends in an airport in a scene that was very reminiscent to me of Liar Liar. Yes, that's what I was, I wrote that down. I, it um, gave me, the part it, where they're running next to the plane reminds yes. me of Jim Carrey driving a baggage cart yes. truck, I believe. It's, it's a, you know, it's a stair cart. Oh, stair lift. It it's lifts a stair up to lift the cart. Yes. I thought the same exact thing. Again, calling back to your logics where somehow toys are able to drive. Right. And keep up with the plane. Yeah, that to me made no sense, but whatever. It's a, it's a kid's um, movie. I also would like to point out that the toys driving the Barbie car. Love um, it. Still somehow better than how the Mary-Kate and Ashley characters drive in the video game. Oh my have. god. I would just like to point that out. Mary-Kate, if you've never played uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Sweet 16 for no, the game. No, I think it's Cube, licensed to drive. Mary-Kate and Ashley Sweet 16 licensed, licensed to, to drive. drive. <laughs> they clip curbs constantly. Also, one other thing I would like to say is that Al of Al's Toyborn. Is that even his name? I don't think that's his Born? name. Born? Al's Toyborn? Toy okay, whatever. Barn. <laughs> He's the absolute worst. I hate him. Um, because who steals a toy from a child? Only horrible people Also, do that. he broke into her safe deposit, yeah, like her lockbox. To box. steal a toy. And the scene where they were flipping through the channels trying to find the Al's Toyborn commercial yes. reminded me of when I got my wisdom teeth out and oh I my. flipped through like 300 channels trying to find one. No, you didn't flip through 300 channels, Hanny. You flipped through a thousand okay. channels a lot without of channels. stopping. Yes. You just kept pressing forward. Yes. Here's what I'll say about Toy Story 2. I, I think the first one's special for a reason. Yes. I think Toy Story 2 in some aspects, does a really good job of developing some of the side characters that didn't get a lot in the first movie. I think it also does a better job of portraying Woody. Yes, but I would agree with that. Do you have any more thoughts before we get into, like, favorite character? Um, I don't think I have anything else. So, for me, favorite character, had they done Wheezy the Penguin justice he deserved at the end, I would have picked him. But I think this one, I had to go with Woody. I went with Woody as well. I can sympathize him with him in the first movie because he's basically be- not becoming the favorite toy anymore. Right. And I understand that, like, the jealousy thing, but I also think this movie really shows his best sides, his loyalty to Andy and to the other toys. Right. And also his willingness to help out new toys who right. weren't necessarily always the best to him. Right. Yeah. So I would, I would say he was my favorite in this I, one. Yeah, I agree. I think clearly this was his story. Yes. It was on Woody and his ability to one to like inspire and to lead and to just be this emotional center you know yeah like the heart the heart of the movie so i had a i did have kind of a favorite scene it's the part when they're out at the someone gets taken out to the garage sale that was wheezy yeah wheezy gets taken out to the garage sale and woody gets the dog yes and it's like keep it casual and the dog is literally just, like, the furthest thing from casual oh you can gosh, be. Oh my gosh, yes. Just, like, <laughs> walking around, like, all suspicious and stuff Bus- like that. think Buster? Yeah, I think Buster's the or dog. Or Baxter? It's I don't one remember. Of the other. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes. I just like the, the comedic element of that scene. And I've already, we've already talked about my favorite scenes. Yes. My favorite line is also the <laughs> garage sale. Okay. Woody jumps in a box mm-hmm. and Mr. Potato Head goes... He's getting in the box. He's selling himself for 25 cents. And he goes, oh, Woody, you're worth more than that. I really liked that. Like, it, yeah. was, it, was, it was just really funny to me. Yeah, mine, I picked 
a more serious quote okay. for this one because I thought it was a good extension from the first movie. Okay. So the quote is from Buzz and he says, you're not a collector's item. You're a child's plaything. You are a toy. He's just trying to like express that because in the first movie, you know, Woody yells at him like, you are a toy. Right. Buzz is kind of alluding back to the fact, using Woody's words. Using his words to, to prove a point. To, I don't think it was a great scene, but that specific line, I was like, I think that's a really good call back in a way to right. to bring that relationship from the other perspective. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Should we get into the next movie? Let's do it. Monsters, Inc. Oh, 2001. 2001. So Monsters, Inc. We've reached the millennium. Mm-hmm. First movie re- released in the, in the 2000s. Yep. It was rated G again. Okay. And it had the same runtime as Toy Story 2 at an hour and 32 minutes. Yeah, which I thought was a little bit strange, but... Like, back-to-back movies the same exact time. Just happened to work um, out that way. Box office-wise, it grossed worldwide $559 million, which means okay. it was higher than Toy Story 2, so the highest at that point. Okay. I have that Monsters, Inc. has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic score of 79 out of 100, and a cinema score of A+. And now, interesting note is that this is the first year... Or at least it may have started in 2000, but this is the first year a Pixar movie has been nominated for the category of animated feature. Okay. That previously did not exist from Toy Story to Toy Story 2. Right. Little summary. When a little girl named Boo wanders into their world, it's the monsters who are scared silly. It's up to Sully and Mike, the top scare team, to keep her out of sight and get her back home. This first note I had for Monsters, Inc. is that this intro, it was like a really jazzy, like weird intro made me feel like i was on drugs so <laughs> mine was also about the opening intro and animation style but the way i saw it is it was very reminiscent of 60 70 disney yeah the one that made me really think of was 101 dalmatians yeah. i don't know if you remember that intro yeah, I do. but it's it's a lot of dogs running across the screen and like quick focus shots and stuff robin hood kind of does that as yeah. well but, it, like, that's reminiscent of old... Of yeah. old Disney-style um, It was also the first time that we haven't actually heard the Pixar intro. We just saw the intro. And it was covered with music. Yes. So that I did notice that as well. This is also the first Pixar movie that is not set in the real world. Yes. Whereas Toy Story, uh, A Bug's Life, and Toy Story 2 are realistically set somewhere else. Right. Earth. Yeah. I will say going into it, this was one of the movies that I was most excited to rewatch. Yes. Although I know we saw A Bug's Life in theater. Yeah. I have a specific memory of seeing Monsters, Inc. in theater. Yeah, I do too. Also, the first voice I recognized was Bonnie Hunt. So she was in Monsters, Inc. Um, okay. And I did write she has been in eight Pixar films. Okay, eight Pixar films. So out of 22, she's been in eight of them. So... One thing I noticed is there's a part where they're walking to work and they pass by what I imagine is an Italian stereotype monster. Yes. Is that culturally insensitive? I also was a little bit like... His name's Tony. Yes. It did feel a little bit... There's also something later on in the movie I'll get to. Yeah. Some questionable things. Clearly you can do like stereotyping... For comedic effect. Yeah. But it just, it was such an overload in about 15 to 20 seconds that I was like, ugh. It was like kind of hard to process. I was like, that seems like a um, lot. <laughs> I just briefly want to talk about the fact that the monsters collect children's screams to power their city. Yes. That is their form of energy is children's screams. They suck the scream <laughs> out of children 
to and power. use that to power their city. Like, I don't remember that as a kid. I wanted to note that a recurring theme throughout this movie is Mike Wazowski not filing his paperwork. Yes. There are three separate sticky notes in his locker that say file, file paperwork, paperwork that I caught on to and I was like, that's interesting. Yes. And, and that leads to issues for them later yes. on. I had a question. Okay. Um, I just want to get your opinion. So during the movie, there's a couple times when they shred the doors yes. for children. Does that mean they're straight up, like, murdering the kids? Or does that just mean that they can no longer go through those doors? So, clearly, what we know is that the closets are a portal to... The children's rooms. The children's rooms. Because when Boo opens the door at the end of the movie, it's just her closet. Yes. So, my interpretation is that when you shred the the matching door, you can no longer go into that room. So, it's basically just getting rid of the portal to the children's room. I would say another thing that that really stuck out to me is I think Monsters, Inc. is a really smart idea for a kids movie. Oh, very. Because they're taking a fear that at some point pretty much every kid is afraid of, like, monsters under your bed or monsters in your closet. And they're sort of normalizing it. I think it helps that the two main characters are so likable. Yeah. They make the monsters not as... I mean, obviously Randall is just, like, creepy. Well, but like, he, he's also the villain, so he's meant to be, right. like, sleazy but, and creepy. But and, to have two yeah. main characters who are, like, these likable... I yeah. think it helps for these kids to see that and, like, maybe not be as afraid. I don't know if that's the thing, because I think I was still afraid of monsters after that movie, but... I just think thought... there was monsters underneath our bed? Oh, for sure. Did you really? Yeah. See, mine was... Do you remember uh, Star Fox? Yes. Okay, so... Our brother played this Star Fox game on the Nintendo 64. You fight a flying monkey head. Mm -hmm. I believe his name's Andros. Yes. And if you do certain things right, instead of being a robot underneath it, it's literally just a brain and eyes. Yeah, it's horrifying. And I thought that was hiding in our closet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I I remember that. And I think not as much... It was different for us because we had, like, kind of a bunk bed. I, uh, to take that back, I was so afraid of what was underneath my bed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. Um, (laughs) Randall just is creepy, and him having a dungeon is the most Randall thing I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah. It was a little, little, like, torture-y. Yeah. Yeah. Questionable. And it, it made me think of Parasite. Yeah, it was kind of like Which, Parasite. Like, kind of just like ruined the movie, but ruined Monsters Inc. for me. Like I'm going to talk about, about two kid. contrasting things. Okay. The first thing I want to talk about the animation is the clear improvement is the fur. Te- yeah, I would The agree. technology, they, I think they had to create a separate technology to run the fur. Yeah, I But the imagine. fur looks great. It looks, it looks realistic. It looks, it, like it moves. Yeah. And then to contrast that, the coffee looks like diarrhea yeah it looks horrible it's nasty ass sludge <laughs> yeah that comes out of like a, a drip yeah i just i saw that and i was like it's bad. i can't yeah oh okay so one thing there's a scene with the abominable snowman yes which they kind of <gasps> make into this like funny and that was played by um john rotzenberg yeah and they kind of make him into this likable like goofy kind of character yes him getting uncomfortable during a mike and sully argument is how I'd equate to the two of us, how we feel. Probably. Um, and I told Alyssa, it reminds me of, like, when you would go to a friend's house when you were a kid, and they'd get a fight with their parent, and you just kind of stand there and, like, be or, awkward. Or the siblings get in a fight, right. and you just have to awkwardly And you just kind of have to, like, stand, stand there and, and deal with it. it happen. I think Monsters, Inc.'s greatest strength is 
honestly, it's its characters. Yeah. It's the relationships. It's the relationship because you get Mike and he is the leader. He's amazing at his job, but he's also, like, he's a good guy. You know, he's not an asshole. You know, he's not, like, superior. He, you know, he wants to support his friend, you know, like, his best friend. And he just becomes attached to Boo. And it's this weird moral issue where it's like, I'm great. Oh, God, I said Mike, didn't I? Yeah, that's Sully. Sorry. My mistake. Yeah, I was Uh, like, wait, hold on. I mean, they're both great. Mike is also great in his own way because he goes along with it. Like, he's on board. I guess going back to what I was going to talk about. So, Sully, like, he has a lot of moral questioning in this movie. Yes. Um, There's scenes where he, he sees the effect of what he's doing on the children Right. And he really starts to be like, is this, is this right? You know, there's a scene where he like really scares Boo and right. he's, he's become attached to her and he's like seeing that there's consequence, consequence, <laughs> consequences to his actions. Yes. I think for me, the relationship between Sully and Boo is like one of my favorite it's great. Relationships in Pixar. It's because Boo is, is so cute. The fact that they yeah. just followed around a little girl. Yeah. Capturing her sound, you know. And it's just a really like sweet relationship and it's the character development of Sully I think is really good. Monsters, Inc. isn't necessarily the strongest plot movie yes. or like. Would agree. Story. Necessarily like story, but the characters I think it's, really. It's character driven. Is what makes the movie how great I it would is. Agree. Because Randall is a is a very intimidating villain. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, and he's not even, like, a big, hulking no. monster. He's this really small, snaky... But they find a way to make him creepy and, like, intimidating without having to make him, right. like, a huge giant. I did notice a... So this is before Finding Nemo had come out. Yes. But I noticed in one of the doors there was a clownfish on the wall. I think there was a clownfish in Boo's room Okay, as so well. I... I'm assuming that was a nod to Finding Nemo coming out because it probably I know, already had it in production. Or... I didn't exactly look for this, but I think in either Finding Nemo or one of these movies, you can find Wally in the background. Okay. Because as we learned, they knew about Wally from right because they had had like yeah. ninety four. They'd um, planned this all, and out. it didn't necessarily the movie itself didn't necessarily make me laugh, but. I think there was just so many, like, warm, just good feelings from the movie that I didn't mind it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a lot of subtle humor. Yeah. I mean, you've got Billy Crystal playing right. one of the leads. There's and a he's... lot of, like, funny things, funny moments, but not necessarily, like, laughing Yeah, situational funny. humor. Yeah. And, like, I love the uh, news report scene, the restaurant, and there's all the people, like, I saw her, like... Oh, right, like the... They're, like, all telling these yeah. crazy lies and stuff. And Boo exploring their apartment and, like, figuring yeah. out how what to do with her like all that's just i really like that aspect of it yeah so who was your favorite character okay so for this it's not i didn't pick a a character i picked a relationship okay um it's the relationship between boo and sully okay for me i would say like i guess favorite characters probably solely just because of the character development of the character (laughs) said it twice but i think that the relationship between boo and sully is like the thing i enjoyed the most Yeah, I picked Sully because I thought he just so far is the strongest lead. I would agree. Unlike the other ones where they are ash, 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 god. Asses. They are not great people, you know, they don't start off, you know, being likable. And then he has this dilemma where he has to challenge himself. It's an internal struggle. And he's able to do that. And so I think that's why I really like him as a lead is because I'm like, I already liked him from the first interaction with him. 
Yeah, favorite scene, and it's this is like Toy Story's bed. My favorite scene is the door chase scene. And there's again another yeah, there's end a of the movie chase scene. But I just think I like love seeing all. The, I like that, and I also like the one where they're jumping through all the different rooms. Yes, they're like in Paris at one point. Like you get to see all the different settings. But I like the door chase scene. It's just always been my favorite. I like the action aspect. I also like they're all hanging, you know, and yes. they're jumping around. It's and... very creative. Yeah, out of all the chase sequences we've seen, I think it's the best. Yeah, that was one of my options. Okay, it was probably my runner up. The one I picked is I just really like the ending okay you get that sweet moment where boo is showing you know Mm -hmm. solely around her room and then you've got the revamp of them like doing the humor and mike is the one now who's running the the like the work and is yeah i like to see the sidekick so to speak get to become the like the main people get to kind of be involved in more than just being like i think the we didn't necessarily need it but i just love the putting the door together mm-hmm. and then you just hear kitty and it's just like and a I smile also, and it's just like yeah. you know it's all gonna be fine. I also like how you don't see Boo at the and end. And you don't see her, yeah. It's so you don't... just like a, you have to, you have to imagine it. And so. then quote, we forgot about Oh quote. yeah. Um, mine is, is simple. It's just Boo saying Mike Wazowski. That's mine. Mike is it? Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Yeah, I just, mine. I don't necessarily like to pick the like iconic line necessarily. But in this one it is. In this case, I it's, it's just, the best. it's the best choice. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Uh, we did it. <laughs> we did our first podcast, and it is literally four hours. Our recording says we've been recording for four hours and six minutes. So we're now, definitely going to have to do multiple parts. I will say, there is quite a bit of that yeah. that can be cut out. We had some issues. Some mishaps. Um, some some word mishaps. And some, some not researching. Some lack of research. Yeah. Some flubs. Snack break. Snack break. A, a sit-up break. Yep pillow break you know we uh, we get some breaks in there so we'll be back (laughs) we'll see you in the next one when we continue with our second episode of pixar we would like to thank joseph mcdade for our intro music he provides free music available for all kinds of creative use the song that we used is called sunrise expedition and you can find it and his other music on his website josephmcdade.com If you would like to find us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat.